to another episode of the Dogtails podcast. This morning I'm speaking with Jane from Best in Show Photography and Jane's based in Geelong in Victoria and Jane has the most beautiful droodles. One's name is Bear and the other one is Frodo who are just delightful, who I might add are not very impressed <laughs> that they're tucked away inside at the moment. They, they can't be with us here in the studio um, but I think it would have been probably a little bit too noisy if they were with us. So welcome, Jane, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. I met Jane at the Christmas market in Aries Inlet. Yes. Which is on the surf coast. Mm. And she had the most incredible display of dog photography. Just magnificent. And we we got to speaking and the conversation has led us to actually doing this podcast episode this morning. So Jane, welcome. And if you're happy to give us the lowdown on your two gorgeous dogs, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Yes, it's lovely to be here. Such a nice opportunity. So I have Bear and Frodo. Um, They're Grudels, Bear second gen and Frodo half half. So Bear came to us. um, She's now 11. She'll be 12 this year, which I can't believe. And then Frodo came two years later because Bear was the most social dog and we thought this dog needs a companion. I'm hesitant to tell this story, but Frodo actually was a cruel April Fool's joke, which I I tricked my children and said we were getting on April Fool's Day, we were getting another puppy, April Fool's, and they both burst into tears, at which point I thought, oh, okay, we will get another dog. (laughs) It wasn't my gracious, finest parenting moment. But anyway, they got another grudel out of it. They are the loves of our lives and they are best friends and were right from the start and they play solidly every day, even at their age now. Uh, We take them to the beach, which is our favourite thing to do, and they run and go crazy and they just bring us joy every day and they are the most amazing pets and as we've discovered, you know, the the warmth and the love that the animals can give you is like no other love. It's so unconditional and they're beautiful. Yeah, look, I've only met them twice now (laughs) and they're very, very special dogs. They are. Frodo particularly, I mean, I'm not choosing sides here, but Frodo I think I really believe could have been a care dog. He is so intuitive. If anyone in the house is sad or down or he picks it up immediately he'll go and sit beside them whether it me or my kids and he absolutely knows spot on if anyone is angry in the house they both know it straight away and they do not like it if there's any raised voices they will immediately try and stop it it's like instinctual with them it's quite fascinating to watch i believe that's the golden retriever part of the grudel um definitely and every golden i've met through this business they are shining stars they just are very special dogs and you ask any golden retriever owner and they'll all be jumping around at at me saying this (laughs) (laughs) yeah mine is mine is yeah yeah (laughs) they are amazing amazingly intuitive dogs yeah Mm. beautiful beautiful souls Mm. so you said you've had bear for 11 years yes yeah and you got 12 got him as a puppy yeah, her. Sorry, Bear's her. a girl. Yeah, oh. everyone. No, everyone oh, my thinks. Apologies. No, everyone thinks Bear's a boy because Bear's is a boy's name, and I'm like, but 
Bear's a bear. Bear's bear. <laughs> Bear's bear. bear. Yes, no, girl. Yes, so yeah. we got her as a puppy. I'd always had rescue dogs. Like I, the dog before, who we sadly put down when I was pregnant with my second child many, many years ago. Um, and that was a very, very sad day. And we waited several years to get another dog. And just with a young family, we decided to get dogs that didn't molt. And that's why we well, as people call them, the designer dog, which I don't like that term, but, you know, they're a crossbreed, so to me they're not very designer <laughs> at all. But it was more that they didn't shed because our dogs are very inside dogs. So sure. that's why I chose a Grudel. Mm-hmm. And back then she was $800 and wow. they're now six or $7,000. Yeah. Just well, to give you an idea of how ridiculously – inflation they are now covid you reckon made a difference to that because other people yeah. say yeah anonymously yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. i think everyone was getting dogs and i think you know unfortunately people were sort of profiteering with that yeah of course yeah, yeah. and frodo is nine you said was frodo a rescue pup or no he was he was from the same breeder different parents but he was uh, two years later. So I never met his parents. The, the breeder's up on the Murray. I think it's Cobram. And um, Frodo, we thought, would be a little bit more solid than Bear being a boy, but we didn't think he'd get quite as big <laughs> as he is. <laughs> and anyone who's met Frodo sort of goes, oh, my, he is so big. He is enormous. He's 40 kilos. Wow. And, yeah, he's a big boy. Which makes him even more lovable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're gorgeous. I just want to, when I met him, I'm like, I just want to grab you and smooch you, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah, they are. It's crazy, really isn't are. it? No, not at all. So that that's incredible, these, these two dogs that love your household and keep their eye on what's going on. They're very protective dogs, very protective of the kids who are now grown up, but they would not let anyone come between them. And yeah. They are very loyal dogs. Yeah, that's beautiful, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is beautiful. Mm. Oh. And very photographed dogs now. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to, so like I said, your your business is from best in show photography. So how did you get into where you are now? Have you always been a photographer? So, no, I haven't. I started taking photos when the children were little just as a bit of a hobby and then I enrolled in a course thinking, oh, just to take, you know, nice family photos. I had no idea I'd end up actually being a professional photographer and earning, you know, a living from it Mm -hmm. when I started. So I did a a course here in Geelong um, briefly and then I went up to Melbourne and studied at uh, Photographic Studies College in Melbourne, which is one of the best colleges you can go to. And that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I absolutely loved it and met fabulous people and yeah. just What did you so do much. in your career prior to that? I was a travel agent. Oh, wow. Many years ago. I yeah. gave that up 20 years ago, but okay. that was my career yeah. for my whole. So you've always yeah. had, obviously, a love for communicating with people and yeah. building rapport and trust and yes, what have you in, so in that travel arena. Travel was a good background for that. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. all of those skills Clearly you need all of that with photography because people need to trust and you need to work closely, don't you? Very much so. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. So, yes, I did the course and then I was sort of tinkering along, photographing corporate stuff, content stuff for websites, family shoots, food, 
real estate, you know, I was doing a bit of everything mm-hmm. while I was studying and then for a couple of years after that and sort of thinking I just love photography. There was no question about it. I love taking landscapes, but that wasn't a money earner. That was a hobby, mm-hmm. which I still do and still love when I have time. So, yeah, that whole process was fantastic, but I sort of thought I don't know where I'm going with this and I need, a, you know, I need an income. I was getting a small income but not enough to raise a family. So I went on a photography conference in the May of 2019, mm-hmm. which was about all things photography. So it encompassed a newborn, wedding, engagement, um, pets, everything. I can't even think of all the other things, but there was a lot of stuff there. And it was a really interesting conference and, you know, you go around to each um seminar and you you know have a speaker and a demonstrator to show you how they do it and what they do and you know you learn a lot and you talk to other photographers and it's really interesting as I was leaving I sort of driving home it was out in central Victoria and I thought oh what did I really get out of that you know what sort of lit my fire and I said pet photography it's a no-brainer how have I not thought of that before (laughs) (laughs) I just I've always been crazy about dogs and um there was this lady there who was a very well-known Melbourne pet photographer who was demonstrating and they um got a local person to bring in an old English sheepdog and of course as soon as this dog was there I was down on the floor with the dog (laughs) saying hi and just you you know not interested in the babies (laughs) The other people, but yeah, yeah, I thought, how have I not realized this? It's just silly. It's so meant for me. Yeah. So I came home and um, had a think. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said to a girlfriend, Can I borrow your dog? I've got an idea for a shoot. And it was actually when I was studying at um, the college in Melbourne, I seen a photo of a greyhound that I absolutely loved. And I'd always kept it on my desk. And um, it was just a cutout, you know. A4 cutout thing. And um, I got home and thought, oh, this friend has a whippet. This would be perfect in a similar thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had a different take on it. So I rang her up and said, oh, can you come around? She said, yeah. She said, look, I've got this really interesting backdrop that was my dad's tarp that he used in his shed that he always tinkered in. Mm-hmm. I said, great, bring it around and we'll use it as a backdrop. Anyway, I took this photo and that's what launched the business. So I think I launched it. It was around I haven't got an exact date but around September October 2019 Mm -hmm. didn't really know what I was doing but I went yep this is what I'm called like the rest of us yeah (laughs) wing it yeah just wing it yeah which is me to a T and wing everything um not not really thought out too much um if I love something I'll just go for it that's it yeah so anyway, I launched it and um, set up an Instagram page and, you know, got my business cards and, you know, started advertising in a small way and was tinkering along and getting a few clients and having a lovely time. And I thought, this is fantastic. You know, yeah. I just love this. So that was the end of 2019. And then we know what happened in 2020. We all went into lockdown mm-hmm. and had no business. And we spent the next well couple of years on and off with pretty much no business, mm-hmm. no events, because I do a lot of events to get my work. Yeah. So that didn't happen. But um, there was a silver lining. And in that time, it gave me the time because I'm always very busy with everything Mm -hmm. to really focus on setting up the business properly. 
So through the Australian Institute of Professional Photographers, um, which is now defunct, a friend alerted me to a course that I could do online while we're in lockdown. And I thought, how perfect. Yeah. And it was a business mentoring course. And I'm still with that guy today who is amazing. Yeah. And he took you through, it was a 12-week course and took you through the steps of setting up a business. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Like I, literally on Tuesday mornings I would run to the computer because <laughs> it was the only interaction with the outside world. Yeah. And then the kids were at school online at that time in 2020. So we're all sort of online doing our thing, I suppose, and it just it saved me through a very difficult time as yeah. it was for us all. Yeah. I obviously couldn't photograph any dogs, so... I started collecting dogs off the street. <laughs> so did you? Did your dogs know every pose on yes. the side by the end oh, of that? They actually got sick of it. They boycotted the studio. <laughs> they had enough. <laughs> enough. Time out. <laughs> they literally did, especially Frodo. He was like, I'm not doing this. Um, anyway, a lovely lady down the road called Joy had a golden retriever and she used to walk past our house to get to the park. So she was victim number one. <laughs> and then um, our neighbour, who I'd never met because she worked in Melbourne and worked long hours and very unusual hours. She's a journalist. So I never even saw her. And they got a Airedale puppy and I'd said to her husband, oh, can I borrow your puppy? <laughs> He's like, yeah, he must have thought I was crazy. Anyway, that, another silver lining. They have become great friends. Wow. Yeah. And we've moved since, but I still see her on a regular basis and Hazel has been photographed and framed. <laughs> see, this is the magic. This it, is what I is. love, this the was... amount of stories that people will tell you about what happened in that time frame yes. of being isolated. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Like never met my neighbours, yeah. never had met any of them. We're all busy in our lives. Oh, I've got and, goosebumps. Yeah, That's going just around. sensational. And I yeah, I made two, well, Joy and, and Judy out of that friendship um, wow. that blossomed out of COVID. So that was really lovely. And just talking to all the other people that walked yeah. past. Our, our house was a bit of a cross through to the park. So people would just stop and say. So you'd be there with a net and you'd be like, yep, yep. I'll have this I'll one. Have one. <laughs> it was crazy. It was really crazy. And then when we'd come out of those mini, we'd come out for a little bit. Yes. And, uh, but we still had restrictions. So the studio was in my garage. So I'd lift up the um, garage door and one client actually had to stand outside because it was within yeah um a radius and i took the dog in and photographed while she watched from outside <laughs> it's just ridiculous honestly i think we'll all look back at that time and go how did we get there but we did uh-huh so yeah that's um pretty much how i started and then um so that was two years of my first two years of my business wow. were like a roller coaster in and out and in and out but i learned a lot Yes. And I got the foundation set up. So come January last year, so a year ago, 12 months ago, mm -hmm. when all the events started to come back, it just went back to normal. And But it was different for me because I didn't have a normal on that business because yeah. we'd been in lockdown. 
So we had events and we had, you know, shoots and I photographed over 100 dogs last year. Wow. And it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And we're just so relieved, you know, that we we did eventually get there. Wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I bet you've met some amazing, not only dogs, but people through that. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast because the stories that human connection mm. through the dogs to their owners and the owners to their dogs just blows my mind and I can absolutely guarantee that you've seen some pretty incredible stories as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the number one takeaway from this experience has been saying that human connection yeah, with the okay. dogs. It is eye-watering, spine-tingling We'll send goosebumps up your arms um, watching the love that we humans have for our dogs and through the bad times and through the good times and it's just an extraordinary bond that we have. I think before I started this business, before I ever knew I was going to be a pet photographer, I was in a cafe in Geelong and there was a young man who walked in and he had a dog with him with a uh, an assist vest on mm-hmm. and the dog was sitting up on the bench with him in the cafe, which, you know, you, you never saw dogs actually inside. There was a whole area for dogs outside. And we got chatting and I said, oh, can you tell me about this dog? And he said, oh, he's an assist dog. And I said, how does that work? And he said, well, I'm an ex-army guy, I did a tour of Afghanistan and I got severe PTSD and assist dogs help on your mood. And I said, so how does that work? And he explained that if his mood goes down, the dog knows exactly and will nudge him and alert him, just reawaken him, I suppose. And that's what I was saying about Frodo. He could have done that because he instinctively knows, but this dog is specifically trained to do that. And he said, this dog has just been amazing. Actually, that was while I was studying because I remember someone saying you should do a portrait of him and the dog. It would make a beautiful environmental portrait. And so through this process, I've had so many stories like that. The stories mainly, oh, we got the dog in COVID. I wouldn't have survived COVID without Mm -hmm. the dog. And I, I hear that time and time again it was a COVID dog thank God we got the dog yeah and like single people who spend a lot of time on their own in COVID because they couldn't see anyone dogs literally saved Saved their lives Mm, they were just I've actually had a couple people say to me if it wasn't for my dog Mm. I probably would have taken my life during that time and it's not something to even make light of, it's something that is was so poignant and so overwhelming at yeah. that time that, yeah. yeah, that we got to that point that we were that low. Some days I look at these doggos and I think, gosh, us humans, I wonder if we put too much on them. I think they can take it. I, I think they need the interaction as much as we do. Uh, it's like it's gone are the days where the dog was out in the backyard and you'd throw <laughs> it a can of pal. It just doesn't happen anymore. You look at the pet industry is the most phenomenally money-making industry because we buy them toys, we buy them apparel, we buy them bedding, we buy them everything, you know. Yeah. We pamper them at day spas and... <laughs> 
the dogs are now becoming used to that, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But yeah. we, we love doing it and they're our children and that's yeah. what we do. And they'll tend to, if it's all too much somewhere, they'll move themselves away anyway. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. And then they'll they'll come back in. Yeah. So any of those incredible stories that you've seen that really sit in your heart? Oh, there's so many. Like there's, you know, of the people that have come to me and said through COVID this, and I, I can only really say through COVID because that's really my, been your experience. my experience so far. But funnily, I did have a client recently, a beautiful dog called Pando, and um, they bought a voucher for their mother. So the, their, so the adult children who had a mother who had a heart transplant mm-hmm. and they brought uh, a black lab for oh. her to keep her company and, you know, because she was obviously inactive for a while and not well. And but the lovely part of that story is that the dog goes between the three of them. So they all live separately. There's a mum and then the son and daughter. So they all live as adults separately. Yeah. And the dog spends most of the time with the mum, but it goes to the others. So if one's away or one's busy or, you know, whatever, the dog gets to go through all of them. <laughs> and this dog is just absolutely Gorgeous. I'm showing Shirelle a photo of the dog because I happen to have it oh, here. Oh, wow. Um, must say, didn't like the photo shoot too much because it was very twitchy about the lights, which is not common, but yeah, didn't like it. But we got that beautiful shot, which I'm just so pleased with. And this dog just is the light of their lives, and all three of them, it has given them such joy. And it is a magical thing to watch. And can you imagine, you know, if you're recovering? from heart transplant and having that to look after you and you should look after that. I mean, it would just keep you going. And there's such a, and I know you guys can't see the photo of this amazing black lab, but there's such a, what's the word? Grounding calmness. Mm, That's it. He's so calm. So Mm. if you've, if I can feel and see that from the photo, you've obviously taken an incredible photo if that's how he is. You've captured that. And in that, photo. that is what I love doing. So if wow. I can capture that, what the owners see in their pet, then my job is done. Well, I don't know this dog <laughs> and that's what I've just picked up in that photo. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, he, he is divine. That gives me the ultimate joy is being able to capture that for them to have to have forever. And as I said earlier, the only fault in our dogs is that they're not on this planet long enough. (laughs) And if we have a photo to honour that and to be there forever, that you can keep forever. And I so wish I had a professional photo of my beautiful Kubrick who, as I said, died when I was pregnant with my second. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some funny little snapshots, but that's all just so important to be able to capture them and capture them how you remember them. It's just the most beautiful thing. They're so quirky, aren't they? Mm. You just see their little habits (laughs) and they're such individuals. Mm. They're hilarious what they get up to. I think when you're on a shoot and um, whether it be in the studio here or at the beach, which, you know, the beach is probably where I shoot most, there was... (laughs) Many incidents, but um, one that just appealed to me so much. And so the dogs usually stay on the lead unless they're very well trained and will stay. Um, but they 
you know, nine towns out of ten are on the lead. And then I Photoshop the lead out and the client just stands off to the right or left so they can look at the dog and tell them to stay. Yeah. So I'm concentrating behind the camera and just focusing on the dog. But when I get those images up on the screen at home and there was this one lady, (laughs) it made me laugh so much. She is looking at her dog who is posing with the most adoring look on her face, like, you are the love of my life. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? And I said that to her and she said, well, he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, with no... Like as if that's yeah. not the truth. Yeah, exactly. And that is, again, that human interaction, how much we love our dogs and mm-hmm. we do anything for them, really. It's Do you know what's so cool? They don't care if we're having a bad hair day. Mm. They don't care if we've got makeup no, on make or not. On. Yeah, exactly. They don't care. All I want is a bit of loving, yeah. you know, and they, they're they just there no matter what. And I, I think that's astounding. It is. Just astounding. It really is. And it's lovely to watch in my, from where I sit, watching that and the interaction with them and you know people do get stressed on shoots because they're worried their dog isn't going to behave mm-hmm. correctly it's like when you take a child out and you think oh god is it going to behave in front of everyone else <laughs> you know that's what people are like and I said look don't worry you know yeah. it's it always works and we always get a shot hopefully I relax them enough for them not to worry about that but they just love the process and love seeing these photos come to life it's beautiful yeah, look, I over the years as a paramedic, especially if somebody's alone at home with their dog, uh, elderly people, their greatest concern is most times not for themselves or their ill health. It's about whether their dog's going to be cared for. Yes. And one of the things, you know, we would often do is bring a family member or the neighbour or ensure that somebody was there to care for their dog so that they could then allow themselves to go off to hospital if needed. But can you imagine that pressure of having to leave your dog and not knowing if it's going to be looked after? I mean, that would cause you so much anxiety. And it actually really does. And and sometimes people don't know how long they're going to be in hospital either. And they're quite heartbreaking stories, but obviously paramedics that are busy and what have you, it's not necessarily about finding a dog sitter, Mm. but it's very much part of making sure that that connection and that relationship safe so that that person can then go and do because sometimes people will want to refuse to go with you because they're not going to leave their dog yeah yeah such a strong bond it's such a strong bond when i i'm from melbourne originally and i was walking along the river one evening as exercise and um a guy had had a heart attack and his dog would not let the paramedics get to him. Yeah. Like it was on the news and it was a big deal and that unfortunately the man died because they they couldn't get to him until the animal people got there and by then it was too late. Yeah. Um, So they couldn't revive him. But this dog was like, no, he was in there to protect his owner, Mm -hmm. which is gorgeous. Yeah. But it ended sadly. Yeah. um, that's that's the power of it, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. It is. And you must have seen a lot. Yeah, there were a couple, couple of times, you know, you get somewhere and the dog's between you and the person or the house or the door. So what do you do? And it's, well, pretty much, look, if, unless you pop your dog in another room, we're not going to be able to come in to help you. Right. 
And because, yeah, they will. They'll, they'll stand between you and their person. But if they're conscious, but if they're not conscious. Yeah, well, if they're not conscious. I haven't experienced that where someone's been unconscious and there's been a dog between us and mm. them, certainly conscious, and I've had to ask, could you please pop the dog somewhere? Because to them, we're causing their owner an upset. Mm. Mm. So they're not having that. Yeah, that's right. And I totally get it. Oh, well, dogs go crazy when someone knocks at the door. I yeah. Mean, most dogs are not happy with that. There was a funny video sent to me about Groodles and someone was banging on the door and coming in and pretending to be a robber and the Groodles were sleeping on the bed and, you know, didn't even move, <laughs> didn't even budge. So much for the robber. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think also there are organisations um, like I do a small bit of charity work for Geelong Animal Rescue, which is known as GAR. Okay. And they're a great organisation uh, with cats and dogs and um, they're a completely non-profit organisation. So they only work out of homes. They don't have a, okay. a centre, if you like. So I would imagine if something like that happened, they would look for a home for the dog. I've only come across one dog that I photographed for them that was because someone died and then they find a home for it, which those dogs are usually fairly easy to rehome because they're trained, they're maybe older, so yeah. they could go to an older person maybe or someone who doesn't want a puppy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they do amazing things. And um, So what do you do with them? Like how do you, how I, are you able to volunteer? So literally I just take photos for their yeah. profile okay. pictures to go up on the website. So sure. I do it maybe once a month and um, they'll just send me a text and I go to someone's house and the cats are always interesting. <laughs> Yeah, because they're a whole different kettle of fish, aren't they? There's no exacting science with cats, <laughs> let me tell you. So you're never quite sure what you're going to get. Uh, the dogs are easy and, yeah, just take some really nice photos for their profile photo and then they go up on their website and their socials so then people can see to adopt them. So, you know, this is Jack and he's two and he's looking for a home. Yeah. And so I'm always like, come on, find a home, find oh, a home. You right. know, I really hope that they all get, you know, rehomed. And, yeah, pretty much, well, I don't know of any that haven't. So, yeah. That's a very cool thing to do. That it, would be an amazing help for those guys, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I hope so. And it's a fun thing to do. Again, I get to meet really interesting people because yeah. – and. Uh, hats off to the foster carers too because they're just doing that for the love of it and they keep having different dogs or cats come through but um it's just a fantastic thing they're doing because you don't know what you're going to get i mean no and i imagine if you're anything like me you want to keep them all oh bring yeah. them all home yeah oh, i've made many quips on social media about if only my camera bag were big enough yes <laughs> i can i was going to ask you that german shepherd <laughs> Cross something a few months ago it was just like oh my god I could have really? taken him home oh. yeah it's I can't I have six pets and there's no way I have room for any more so the two dogs so yeah Bear and Frodo then the two cats Henry and Lily mm -hmm. who are older than the dogs so they're all getting old and I've actually just told a lie that I'm down to five pets because we sadly lost one of our guinea pigs last year okay but its mate is um still going which is a miracle because they they don't, pine don't they yeah. the guinea pigs if well they he lose. did he went into mourning for like two weeks and my daughter carried him around wow and uh, he came back to life he's oh. and he's i think it was probably it's been three months now but they're way past 
their expiry date. So um, I'm amazed that he is still going, but he's happy. You know, he's chirping away and eating yeah. and doing all the right things. So two, she carried him for two weeks, like just literally, like she took him upstairs. She oh, while he just, grieved, yeah, while he grieved, and he did grieve. Like he didn't make a noise oh. for two weeks. Oh, and... breaks my heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we still we're much more interactive with him now. We always were, but yeah, we you know like we'll pick him up. At least, well, she's reckons once a day he needs to be cuddled and looked after and talked to. But and he's close enough that he hears our voices all day anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, she's probably spot on. Who doesn't need a cuddle once a day <laughs> to be talked to? That's right. Seriously, like yeah. there'd be a lot, lot of people in the world that don't get a cuddle every day. Yeah, and that's why you need a pet. Yeah. yeah. How fantastic that she cared so closely for him in those two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch. I'm surprised that Frodo didn't pick up his grief, or did he? Um, do you know, I don't remember focusing in on that, but potentially. But, yeah, I don't think I noted that. I'd yeah. have to ask my daughter that one. It would be something he would do. Mm, good question. Because yeah, the sure. cats and the dogs and guinea pigs kind of, they all live together but separate. Yeah. So we probably stood back and just watched them for a week and had no human interaction there. You'd be, probably be amazed at what they all get up yeah. to in their own network. <laughs> Have a little party out the back. And, yeah. <laughs> and who moves here? One moves through the lounge room, the other one's like, no, I'm waiting until you're gone and then I'll yeah. come through. I don't know. They're, they're just pretty cool to watch, I reckon. They are. They're amazing. So any really quirky stories or funny things that have happened with you when you've done the dog photography? Well, we had we've <laughs> had a couple of fall-ins. <laughs> As in to the water. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> we were doing a um, bulldog with his human siblings last year down at Bowen Heads, and bulldogs don't swim. Um, there are certain breeds that are just not good swimmers. Well, they just yeah. aren't. They're just not <laughs> buoyant. <laughs> They're not ergonomically designed not. to, to and swim. And you make a big splash, I'm sure. Yeah. So I got this cracking shot of these two young boys on the rocks and the dog was down beside them. He was on the lead, but he got excited about something and pulled off the lead and the boys were quite young, but he fell into the water <laughs> It was one of those awful days. It was stormy and raining and you you literally could see the rain landing on the water and we were about to throw it in and go and run for cover. Yeah. Um, but we just were taking this last shot on the rocks. And anyway, fell in. So mum had her shoes off and was running up the shoreline and I had treats in my hand running up the shoreline and trying to encourage this dog in who can't swim. But... <laughs> Ended up getting the shot of him in the water because it was such a um, astonishing shot because you can see the rain like wow, on the yep. water and this bulldog sort of floundering and <laughs> anyway he was safe he he got in but I've had a few incidents well another little one he fell in like they were again on the rocks on Thirteenth Beach and um, the owner had two of the dogs and was standing off to the side and this little dog's all fluffy and looking gorgeous and he just. <laughs> And the three of us humans just, oh, we just cracked up. We were just all standing there laughing and this poor little dog was just like, oh. and he, they, they're all safe, but it was just funny. funny. Yeah. So I've had a few incidents like that. 
a few months of my business, um, I borrowed a lot of friends' dogs just to practice on and we're down at um, the Bowen River at Queen's Park and I said to my girlfriend, she she had a black lab, and I said, oh, look, so we'll just take some nice portraits. So I didn't have much experience. She was one of the first, right? (laughs) We'll take some nice portraits here and it's a beautiful area at Queen's Park. And she said, oh, he'll want to go in the water. I go, yeah, that's fine. We'll just take some portraits and then we can, you know, let him off the lead and he'll jump off. So she <laughs> she said, sit. And I, I swear it was probably two seconds <laughs> that he stayed where she said to sit and he's in the water. <laughs> and the whole shoot was done with him in the water with sticks and oh. we just went, you know, we'll just go with this. We got some great shots, but none, none of him on dry land. <laughs> He would have been at his happiest, Absolutely. I'm sure. And that's it. So what I do in a, a shoot um, now is I I have a little track of where we go and get some great portraits and where they're dry and shiny and looking pretty. Mm-hmm. And then if the owner wants them to go off lead or if they've got a long lead, we let them have a run on the beach and we get some action shots and dogs in the water and dogs being dogs and... <laughs> That, again, is not an exact science. You're never quite sure what you're going to get. But we've got some cracker shots doing that, and that has been a lot of fun because that's at the end of the shoot. Everyone's a bit more relaxed, and we're not trying to get the dog to pose or be formal, so the owners are a bit more relaxed. And, you know, I've had, you know, Dad's taking shirts off and shoes off and running in the water with them and... And yeah, just having fun and you know, seeing the dogs yeah. in their true element and you know, or with a ball like we're up at uh, Dog Rocks recently and a boxer with his ball and just chasing his ball through the long grass and just things like that are a lot of fun. I tell you what, when you walk on the beach some mornings, the absolute joy in those dogs' faces mm. when they just are themselves and you'll get three or four come together and they're all in the water after the same ball. It's just like heaven on earth. It they is. are just so much in the moment and they are so blissful. It's like we as humans need to watch these guys. Mm. There's just nothing except for pure happiness in I these dogs. I think probably my favourite thing to do is to take the dogs to the beach and watch them run, my dogs, you know, yeah. like, and I do it with my kids and we we all laugh and have fun just watching them having fun. It is yeah. honestly the best therapy you could ever have. It really is. I it's totally agree. And you've got little dogs and big dogs and furry ones and short-haired. They don't care. Mm. They just don't care. Mm. It just grounds you to watch it. I, I just love it. I do too. And then you watch their owners watching their dogs and they're smiling and they're, and it's like, yep, they're right here in this moment. And that's so powerful, I reckon. So powerful, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just, I love it. I think it's a really nice way to pull your energy from being distracted and pulled out everywhere in your world mm. just into the moment, you know, and refocus. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that they can help you do that. They actually make you focus on them rather than all the other thoughts clattering around in your head. Yeah. And if you could just do that every day and just be in their moment, uh, it's just so good for mental health. It really is. Yeah. And I think that has been the big takeaway from this is the 
effects on mental health. And as I said, through COVID, obviously, but always they are there to help us through. And it's a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. And they use them in palliative care. They use them for autistic kids. They use them as care dogs. You know, there's a list of things. You know, we've got one of my first shoots was a lady who belonged to Story Dogs. I know it is in Geelong, but I don't know where it's based. I'd Mm -hmm. have to find that out. But um, they do have representation here in Geelong, and I did an event with them last year. Um, But this lady was, she brought her dog in and said, you know, it goes to the local primary school and sits with kids who have difficulty reading. And I said, that is gold. That's just fantastic. And so I did a little story. And that's when my story sort of started with it. So I write a little, the client writes a little blurb about their dog. And then I, you know, paraphrase that if it's too long, because I've only got a short amount. And then if they've told me something that I think is worth putting in as well, I'll put that in. And, um, yeah, she told me this story and I said, oh, that is just wonderful. Can you imagine this kid? Mm -hmm. The anxiety would just completely leave the child and it would just be patting this dog and be able to read and concentrate on on the book. And And the dog's not going to judge the child if it's not able to read. No, exactly. I know. Exactly. And another client, this year, in fact, in January, she um, had a, Care dog as well, who got her through a terrible grief time. And um, there's so many stories about that. And grief is a big one. Yeah. Like the dog's helping you get through that terrible grief. And it's very powerful. There's been a number of ex-paramedics that I've met that have got dogs with them now. And those dogs have just been absolutely instrumental in getting them through really bad PTSD. Right. You know, and there's, if like you said before, if they're feeling down or their mood goes down and then they're sort of shutting down and like freezing Nelly, the dogs will come and they'll bump them and they'll keep bunting them and moving them and getting right up in their grill until they, to move them out of that kind of freeze response so that they can then come back and just so sensitive to what's going on. Mm. It's incredible. It is incredible. And um, there's a company called Flipping Disc Dogs, and I know he's gone public with this, but um, he was at a very, very low point in his life. I, um, I didn't have long enough to dive into the story or what it was about, but he, he was at the end and just thought he couldn't go on. Mm-hmm. And as he was leaving the house, the dog stopped him and came up and kissed him I've got goosebumps again yeah (laughs) and um stopped him from leaving wow Mm. it was I I was standing there I'd never met this guy and he was telling me this story I'm like you're kidding me that's just so strong border collies are amazing dogs so that was he he trains border collies that's his business um he does they do like um shows yeah going through hoops and stuff like that and they are another amazingly intuitive dog oh yeah Mm. (laughs) very Very smart smart. so where to from here is there any like you'll just expand what you're doing is there anything else that you're thinking of Mm. okay (laughs) if it's not ready to be disclosed that's fine no it's just percolating at the moment so as I said, you know, capturing the animals, you know, I'm a fine art photographer and having, you know, that picture on the wall of your pet to me is the best thing you can do. When I explain it to people, they go, 
oh yeah, that's a good idea, but they might not have thought of it. That to me is what you need in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Because God forbid when they do go that you've got that memory. Mm -hmm. And end of life sessions are very important to me as well. And I've only done three I think. End of life for pet or end of life? End of life for the pet, yeah. So if someone rang me up and said, we know that he's going to be put down next week. Okay. um, Or, you know, he's taken a turn for the worse. We know he hasn't got much longer to go. Sure. So I I have set session time, so I will do it whenever I will go wherever Mm -hmm. to, to capture that. That's very important to me. So you live in, I don't know, Bannockburn and you need someone to come to the house because the dog's not well enough, then I will do that for mm-hmm. an end-of-life session. I think that's very, oh. very important because, you know, they're beautiful at the end too. That's how you last remember them. Yes, it's great when they're in their prime, that's the perfect time, or when they're puppies is fantastic, but you know, we have a lot of time with them when they're older as well and that's a really nice time to remember them that last few few weeks of their life. That's not what I was going to say, though. Um, so, <laughs> but that's, yeah, it's incredible. That, that, is, that is part of the business, and that's something I would like to develop a bit more because, as I said, I've only done three of those. But to let people know that that is a possibility. There's a lady in America who's doing it as that's all she does. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's really special. She lives in the Rockies, and she just will go anywhere. She'll travel quite long distances to do it. Mm -hmm. And so she gets beautiful art shots of the dogs before they go and it's a really lovely thing to do, really lovely. But what I'm thinking and along the lines of mental health and maybe it's a charitable thing, so maybe I'll do it for a mental health organisation, is a book. And maybe, I look, I haven't formulated the idea yet, but it will be about mental health and the effect that dogs have on humans, so that human uh, interaction as we've discussed so it'll be like a care dog or maybe the vet with ptsd with his dog or maybe the lady who lives on her own the her dog is her life or Mm -hmm. maybe an autistic kid with their dog Mm -hmm. and yeah do some beautiful portraits as a book for and then raise money for the charity that's that's I don't know if I'd get that done this year. (laughs) (laughs) Says me squirming, but maybe next year. So that's something I'd like to do. Yeah, Yeah. that's absolutely beautiful. And you will. I'm sure you will. Mm. Mm. I will. Yeah, I just not sure when. So, Jane, before we wrap this up today, if you could say anything and you knew that Bear and Frodo could hear you, What would you want to say to them? Without crying. (laughs) That they are the loves of my life and, yeah, they've got us as a family through so much, Mm, so much. The power, you know, of their love is quite extraordinary and it has been a very rough few years not just COVID before that as well we had a pretty bumpy trip so yeah, yeah they have really got us through that time yeah mm. they're very special <laughs> that's beautiful and I'm sure they know that they do they do yeah okay they do definitely mm. 
Well, thank you, Jane. That is a pleasure. This conversation <laughs> today. It's been beautiful. Guys, I'm lucky enough to be sitting in this studio with the most incredible photos all around me of magnificent dogs. It's been just such a beautiful experience. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been my first podcast, but most enjoyable. Thank you.